Morning Gallahorn and friends with Warren Ludford from the Daily Norseman. Skull! Good morning, everybody. It's Dave here from Good Morning Gallahorn, and we have a special guest on Good Morning Gallahorn and friends. Our friend this morning is Warren Ludford, fantastic writer over at the Daily Norseman. Warren Hello, has, everybody. Yeah. Warren has been writing for years. I don't know if you've uh, seen his stuff. You know we're partnered with the Daily Norseman, but we want to welcome him here today live on the show. Hey, Warren. How's things in beautiful Minnesota? Oh, not too bad, I guess. Uh, it looks doesn't look like we're going to have a white Christmas, but, you know, uh, it's that kind of year. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah. down here in Denver, we're already white. Yeah. So, yeah. but who knows? I haven't looked at the forecast. It could melt by tomorrow, knowing how Denver weather works. Yeah, but, that's right. You get two, two feet one day and it's gone the next, right? Yep. <laughs> it's literally, it could be, you know, we could literally get a foot of snow and then it'd be 70 the next two days. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I have it's some weird. friends that live in, in uh, Boulder, and so, yeah, I know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but the mountains have enough yeah. snow. Ski resorts are open. People around here are happy with that. Uh, and they have something weird here that I've never seen before. On Friday afternoons, traffic gets horrible going to the mountain. And, uh, okay. And it, it's it's. I've never seen a skiing traffic jam, but that's exactly what they are. So, wow, yeah, it happens. Well, I know, yep, I know. Even here, like uh, you know, up north, like Lutzen is pretty much the you know the the closest thing that we have to mountains here. And uh, I know they've been uh, they've been busy too. So mm-hmm. you know, everyone's getting out for the same reason, I guess. Yeah, they're tired of being cooped up. Need some fresh yeah, air. Yeah, yep, um, yeah. Let's talk Minnesota Vikings. You, in the last two pieces you've written, uh, one a couple weeks ago, you wrote about the Vikings' defense. Are they improving, and are they getting any good, is my question to you. Well, I'd say they're improving, but uh, I don't know that they're good yet. But uh, there are some elements that are improving, and I think – you know, when from the beginning of the season, it, it really is kind of a, a two-part season. It's split by the bye week. And, you know, prior to the bye week, I mean, they were given up an average of 32 points a game. Mm-hmm. And after that, it's it's gotten better. And But not everything is, is really improved uh, that much. But uh, I think it started with, you know, some of the veterans that you expect to play well, Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, um, they didn't start out all that well either at the beginning of the season. And now they're, um, you know, getting back to their old form. Of course, Kendricks has been out now. But uh, and then, uh, um, you know, the young guys at cornerback, they've started to improve since the bye week and probably the the biggest uh, improvement has been uh, Cam Dantzler. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know he's missed some time too, but, uh, 
and I was wondering how that was going to affect him because, uh, uh, you know, being a rookie and, you know, not having all the preseason, all that to begin with. Um, but he's come on pretty well. And, uh, you know, from the stat wise, whether it's, uh, you know, pass rating when targeted or, you know, all kind of the, the PFF stats or whatnot, he's really become one of the better corners since the Vikings bye week. So that's encouraging. Um, the other guy, Jeff on, Gladney. Go ahead. I've got a question on Dantzler real quick. Yeah. Um, we know on a, on a Mike Zimmer defense mm-hmm. for corner play, if you, uh, if you go to shadowing a receiver, you have graduated to the next level. Do we see Dantzler anytime the rest of this season put in a position where he'll be shadowing the number one receiver of the other team? You know, I could see it. I don't know that it's happened so much uh, thus far, but I could see him, you know, getting into that kind of role. Um, Gladney shifts kind of between uh, slot and, and outside, but, you know, in terms of corners, it's it's pretty clear that, in terms of outside corners mm-hmm. anyway, it's pretty clear that Dantzler is the – the best guy and so uh you know it'll be interesting to see in the bears game if he sh- if he shadows robinson or not mm-hmm. and uh you know he may he may he may do so i know back in the you know when it was Rhodes and and waynes um you know Rhodes was the guy to shadow people um and you know it could it could be that uh that danzler's you know gonna see that role at mm-hmm. some point although whether or not it happens this year, you know, remains to be seen. But I could, I could see him trying to take on Dancer. But I know, you know, the way they've changed things uh, this year to deal with the young corners, I think they've done more cover two safeties, so they've got help over the top. And so that may be a factor in some things. But then when, when uh, you know, Harrison Smith comes in to blitz or, or whatnot, um, maybe that's when Dantzler is kind of left by himself. So who knows? Well, I saw a couple games ago. It was the first game they showed cover two, but they were actually yeah. playing more of a cover three, and they had Dantzler man-on-man. But they lined up as a yeah. cover two to show the offense. This is what we're playing. Yep. And that had been yep. the first yep. time they had done that. And it was, yep. and he did good. I mean, he did exceptionally well. So yep. that was the I game he got his interception. Yep, yep, and I think uh, you know as Zimmer sees these guys come along, um, you know I think that he's just where he's getting more comfortable with them doing that kind of thing and kind of moving on from you know where they were earlier in the year where you know they were, you know I remember the first games they were playing, you know ten yard cushions and you know I mean they just give up everything underneath. Yeah, they turned uh, the wrong direction happened. and yep, 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 and so. Uh, you know, uh, they've come a long way from then. Um, well, do you and, think it's and, harder for Gladney to step up because he is playing the two positions? Yeah, I think it is because, uh, you know, yeah, A, playing the two positions, and B, I think slot corner is just a harder position to learn because, you know, you don't have the help of the sideline for one thing. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's more of a route tree and everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just a, that's a tougher position. And so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, down the road, if, 
you know, Gladney becomes the slot corner or if they always have him kind of be the second outside and then shift to be the slot corner in nickel situations or, or what. But, uh, you know, they, it'll, it'll probably depend on what happens if, uh, you know, Mike Hughes comes back next year and what he's going to do and all that kind of stuff. So, Well, I was about to say, yeah. if looking at next year, <laughs> we very well could see another first round Minnesota selects cornerback from Alabama. Yeah. You know. Yep, yep, yep. You know, who knows? I, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if it's a defensive player, whether it's a, a defensive back, and it could be a safety even too. You yes. Know, it depends. And or a defensive line. Yep, yep, or defensive line. So now let's go on the defensive line because this is linemen to me are near and dear to my heart because I grew up playing sure, the sure. line. Um, sure. In that, you talked about sacks and pressures, and sacks aren't necessarily the most important part, and aren't necessarily indicative of pressures. You want right. more pressure, right? Sacks are nice. Sacks the frosting on the cupcake. It's great, but you want the pressures, the constant pressures. How have that Viking front defensive four? Or throwing the rotation players too done this year when it comes to pressures. Well, and that's that's the that's kind of the the weak point of almost the whole team right now is is uh, the uh, pass rush, Um, and you know there really isn't even even when uh, Ngakwe was there. I mean, he got some of the sacks, but even his his pressure rate. So, you know, there's sacks and then there's, you know, how many times do you pressure the quarterback per pass rush snap? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that gets the pressure rate. And, and, you know, the best guys in the league, the Aaron O'Donnells and the TJ Watts and whatnot, those guys, um, their pressure rate's about 10%. And across the line uh, for, for our guys, Basically, the best guys are like five or six percent, which is pretty middle of the pack. You may maybe top hundred in terms of uh, overall pass rush pressure rates, and so you know that's a that's going to be a str- struggle the rest of the year, and that really hasn't improved as the year's gone on. Either. No, you didn't see the I mean, separation at the bye week like you did with the no, defensive backs. No, no. Um, you know, the one guy that, you know, maybe has some promise going forward is DJ Wanham. Um, and you know, he's missed some time too. Um, but he seems like he, you know, it's still early on for him and, and, uh, you know, um, maybe into next year, we can see him improve a little bit more, take another step. But the other guys like Hercules Mata'afa and Jalen Holmes and, um, uh, Odenabo, those guys, they seem like they've kind of plateaued and then they've been around long enough where, you know, I'm not sure, you know, that there is a a higher ceiling for them or not, you know, we'll see, but, um, you know, certainly we found out, you know, this year, how badly we've missed, uh, Daniel Hunter Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that's been a, that's been a big thing. I guess the the positive side, getting back to the the defensive backs for a second, is, you know, if next year we actually get, you know, some improvement in the pass rush, you know, the the secondary has been doing, you know, kind of yeoman's work because 
they've had to cover for a lot longer because there just isn't a pass rush. You know, I mean, uh, it, you know, you looked last week against Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, Tom Brady, you know, sat could sit back there the whole time. You know, make a just, sandwich, avocado, and whatever. And yeah, <laughs> right, right. As as uh, Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach, said before the before the game, he's like. If we let Tom sit back there in his rocking chair, he's going to eat us alive. <laughs> yep. Well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully next year that will improve. Now we've got yeah. a game tomorrow against the Bears, and last time we played the Bears, obviously a different quarterback for the Bears, but yeah. we did increase the rush and the pressure by blitzing a lot. Do you anticipate that happening tomorrow as well? Yeah, I would. I would imagine so. Um, part of the thing is, um, you know, the, you know, the receivers and the makeup, uh, you know, that the, that the bears have. And I think, you know, they're not so strong a team in that regard where, you know, you have to have everybody back and play coverage. And so that's where I could see some of the zone blitzes or, you know, having Harrison Smith come back. Um, you know, the other thing is with, uh, Trubisky, um, you know, it's part of it is, is the quarterback. And I think Trubitsky's is one of those guys where if you give him pressure, then, uh, he's more liable to make mistakes than a Tom Brady or, you know, yes. uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, those type of guys. So we'll see. All right. Yeah. Now moving on to that next article I wanted to talk about, you wrote about the playoffs and updating right. the <laughs> scenarios and you and Flip Mozzie. Mm-hmm. from the Climbing the Pocket group, are heavy into what it needs to happen or what needs to happen for the Vikings to make the playoffs. Can you go over that real quickly? Sure, sure. So hey, basically, Steve. I mean, um, the first thing to, they really need to do is beat the Bears because if they don't beat the Bears, um, well, they they still are not mathematically eliminated. It's a, it's a real long shot. You know, mm-hmm. they basically have to win both their games. I mean, I think the Bears would have to lose both their games and they play Jacksonville, which, you know, they could still lose to Jacksonville and the Packers. And then, you know, the uh, Cardinals would have to lose all their games if they lost. So basically they got to beat the Bears. And assuming they do that, um, then, you know, obviously it's great if they could beat the Saints and the Lions. But let's assume for a minute, just go by by, you know, kind of the, the outlook for the games. Let's say they lose to the Saints, but they beat the Lions. Mm-hmm. Then it comes down to basically the Cardinals. And they, they would, if, if the Vikings beat uh, the Bears and the Lions but lose to the Saints, the Cardinals would still need to lose two more games, mm-hmm. okay, whether that's – Today, um, or not today, but this weekend against uh, against the Eagles. Um, I know they play the Rams uh, the last, last weekend of the. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I, I don't see them beating the Rams, and so I kind of put that as one loss for them. And I'm trying to think of who they play. I I agree with you, weekend. but that's Week 17, yeah. and Week 17 yep. always can get squirrely. Yep, yep. You know, with I teams think, uh, resting and stuff like that. Yep, yep. I don't think the Rams are going to be in a position where they'd rest. You know, we'll I don't see. think so either. But I think then, the one and two seeds are going between the Packers and the the, and the Packers Saints and the Saints yeah, yep. in our division. So, yep. 
right now the Packers have the number one seed, and so uh, and and they play the Bears, and I think that they have a pretty easy schedule uh, the rest of the way out. So I don't see them losing losing that. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, um, the main thing for for the Vikings playoff chances, though, is if they can at least beat the Bears and the Lions um, and uh, the Cardinals lose to the Rams week 17. And either I think I want to say they they play the Eagles and maybe it's the Redskins or the, the Washington football team, I right. should say, um, uh, uh, next week. But, uh, you know, they're they're. Uh, and Washington's they're, been they're playing losing. well. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, Alex Smith isn't playing this weekend, but if they get him back, um, that would be, you know, you know, that would be, you know, I would say a tough game for for the Cardinals because uh, Washington has a has a pretty good defense now, and so um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, basically, my my thought is is if the Vikings can uh, beat the Bears and the Lions at least. They got about a 50-50 chance of making the playoffs. I think uh, the, the other thing is I, I believe uh, the 49ers might have to lose one more game too, but okay. that, of, the, of the three. And uh, that's not that's not uh, uh, a long shot that they do. I think that's pretty likely that it was at least lose one more game. But the easiest way is to win all three of our remaining games. Right. And then yep. assume or hope that the Cardinals lose at least one of theirs and we're there. Yep, yep. So, yeah, even if we do win all three, though, the Cardinals have to lose one They still have to lose one. Yep. Yep, 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 because they got the advantage on us right now. So, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if we we both finish with the same record, I think in most cases the Vikings have the tiebreaker. I think it's the conference record, Um, either that or the – the common games, I can't remember which, but uh, right. uh, the Vikings have the have the tiebreaker against them if they finish with the Cards play the 49ers in Week 16. Thanks, Steve. Yep, yep. Um. Okay, great, great, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another thing, yeah. The 49ers, that's another thing where, you know, they're getting George Kittle back So um, uh, this weekend, and so um, I don't know if they'll get Garoppolo back, if they decide to play him or not. You know, it probably depends on what they think their playoff prospects are, too, so who knows. Kittle but, over uh, the middle. Yeah. Oh, that drove me crazy yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this with the Vikings just for the whole playoff picture. I mean, after, after the way the season started, I just kind of think, uh, you know, if they make a, the, the playoffs, it's just kind of a bonus. I mean, I don't know that they'll necessarily go too far if they make the playoffs, but uh, um, <laughs> we the, hope uh, they get know, lucky. Yeah. Right. Right. If they, you know, the the one thing about this year is, you know, if you get in, there's not much of a home field advantage, and so being a the seventh seed or whatever and playing on the road, that's not the disadvantage it's been in other years. So, uh, you know, that's right. A good or thing. they could, you know, if they get in and go up to Green Bay and have another forty fifty mile an hour wind game, and that's right. That's right. You know, that, that was weird. Well be in winter, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they beat the Packers last time around, so you know they could still beat them again. It's it, uh, you know they, in terms of matchups, they're not too bad because you know the Vikings can run the ball, and that's kind of the weak spot of the Packer defense. Mm-hmm. And you know so if we end up you know getting the Packers beat them, and 
then maybe get the Saints again and maybe beat you know, them. We've had good luck. We've had good luck against, uh, oh, against the that Saints would, recently, so that's good. <laughs> that would warm plenty of Vikings fans' hearts to spoil right, another right. Saints season. Yes, right, that'd be sweet. Right, right. But uh, so. Well, cool. But we'll see, but that's all. That's all kind of gravy the way that I look at it, just with this season. But uh, I think uh, things are shaping up well for next year, um, regardless of whether they make the playoffs this year. Right, and I think so too. Yeah. We've had improvement on the defense. The offense is hitting its stride, especially with Justin Jefferson, and yeah. we get Pierce and Hunter back, and things automatically should be looking better for next season. As long as, you know, yeah. we don't go through the craziness of 2020 again, which right, right, we'll right. see. Yep. Well, just be nice. All these rookies will have, uh, you know, basically a year under their belt. So that'll be, uh, that'll be helpful too. One last question here from Steve. Did he miss sure. the cousins part? Um, the cousins part. Yes. Here is uh, Warren's article last year on cousins was wondering what his thoughts are from that time when he wrote it and now? Well, you know, I think, you know, apart from the, you know, the uh, interceptions he had the first first part of the year, Cousins has, has continued to improve in different ways. I know, um, you know, before the season started this year, his thing was he was trying to be more of a, you know, quote-unquote playmaker, uh-huh. um, whether that was running or just extending plays and doing that kind of stuff. And, and he's had a little bit of success with that where, you know, you've seen that a little bit more, I think, in recent games, too, where he's been able to run and pick up the first downs, you know, move the sticks a couple times, which uh, that's not something he's been able to do in the past. But perhaps more than that is he seems like he's a little bit more savvy about um, avoiding the rush, you know, just the little sidesteps and the this and that. Um, where you know you, where you get kind of the eyes in the back of your head or just that 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 sense, he seems like he's been a little bit better uh, in that regard, and that kind of shows up a little bit in some of the stats. You know, he's one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the league. Almost forty percent mm-hmm. of the time, he's under pressure, but his sack rate is only like seventeen or seven between seventeen and eighteen percent, and so um, you know he manages to avoid getting sacked, you know, at least half the time, more than half the time uh, that he's under pressure. And so that's, that's a good thing. And, you know, that's kind of one of the areas where I see he's improved this year. Um, You know, it's interesting. This year's a little different too, because normally he has a really high completion percentage. He's right up there with Drew Drew Brees for the, top completion percentage in the league. This year he's down a little bit, maybe 5% or something like that. But I think that's kind of been the trade-off because he's been uh, throwing the ball further down the field this year. And so for a long time, I don't know if it's still the case, he's pretty close, but his yards per attempt was tops in the league most Mm -hmm. of the year. I think it's come off that a little bit, but he's still right there. And, you know, I think that's kind of a good thing, especially with Kubiak's offense, where between the running game and so forth, it's nice to be able to stretch the defense uh, mm-hmm. depth-wise, you know, and, and take those deep shots. And he's, you know, obviously got the receivers to do it. So Yeah, or catch the defense up in the box and go over the yep. top. 
Yep. Yep. That's 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 exactly right. You know, because they, you know, they most defenses they start with wanting to stop uh, Dalvin Cook, and so if they're going to load the box, then uh, assuming <laughs> assuming the offensive line can hold up, then uh, they've got the chance for shots down the field. So, well, cool. Hey, I want to thank you for coming on this morning. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Great. Thanks for having me. This is part of Vlogmas where Vlogmas, we are doing a live show. Climbing the Pocket Network and partner with Daily Norseman is doing a live broadcast every day of the month of December. Today is day 19. We're over halfway. We've got some good things scheduled for the rest of this week. We have, of course, Good Morning Gallhorn in the Raw, which is the best post-game show you're going to find when it's fans <laughs> talking uh, Vikings football tomorrow about 10-15 minutes after the game. Then we'll go on a normal schedule. However, because it's a short week and uh, Christmas is coming, we play on Christmas this this week. And so right. GMG pregame show will be moved up and of course in the raw to uh, after we spoil the Saints once again, we'll Top off the Christmas day before you get totally satiated with your Christmas meal. So it should be fun. And always look for Warren's work on Daily Norseman along with the rest of the great writers over there. It's fantastic. You got two places to catch all your Vikings news. Climb in the pocket here online and video and podcasts and Daily Norseman on the web in print. And you know it's live, and you know it's daily, and multiple times a day. Thank you, Christopher Gates. And Warren, I just wanted to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Uh, Same to you and your family as well. Thank you. And for everybody else, have a great week. Stay healthy. Enjoy your food, beer, friends. And as always, go Vikings! Skull! Skull! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.